thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Turning Point CT podcast made by and for young people in Connecticut. My name is Kaylee and I'm here with Nicole to talk about being a young licensed professional counselor. Let's dive in. So how's it going, Nicole? Tell me a little bit about yourself. It's going good. Um, I am a newly business owner. Um, fun fact I usually share in the beginning of sessions is I have three dogs. One, just so if I'm doing virtual sessions, people don't get scared if they hear them bark, but sometimes just like a little bit of an icebreaker. Um, and my office and practice is in the Manchester area. Very cool. That's awesome that you have three dogs. I'm sure there are a handful though. Like I have three cats and one puppy and even that I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're a lot. They're a lot. I think we were good at two. We added the third one and it's like a whole another level of craziness, but we love them all. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally feel that. And you know, the animals are great for the mental health when they're not being crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. On the best behaviors when they help the most. <laughs> Yes, for sure. So um, what made you go into the behavioral health field? So, you know, I really, I saw this question when you sent it to me, just as like a heads up, this is sort of what we're going over type of thing. And I, and I love getting this question. I really don't think I knew until I was an admin in a nonprofit. I worked in New Britain. I just graduated with my bachelor's and they had told me, Hey, you're missing one credit you can walk, but we just need to see that you're taking this class. And I ended up taking um, an intro to mental health counseling at Manchester Community College because it was close by and easy, convenient for the schedule and everything like that. And when I was an admin at this nonprofit, it was working with a lot of teenagers that um, at the time were assigned to a probation officer. And back then they had the FWISNs with which meant like if they were not going to school or they were having issues with court related stuff, I think being in that environment and seeing how the case managers and the clinicians and the program director really just made it their job to just help these kids. So giving them transportation, we would do like summer cookouts and stuff for them and everything. And I think then, especially alongside taking that intro to mental health class, really, really just opened my eyes a little bit more to wow, this is what these organizations do, you know, joining in as an admin, I'm just sort of the front face saying hi to people and everything like that. And at the time, those kids were my younger brother's age. And it was just sort of like a little connection there of like, oh, cool. So this could be stuff that my brother's going through and I have no idea type of stuff. So it opened my eyes that way and just seeing how much the kids were relating to some of the staff and were really comfortable and able to share in like individual sessions and group sessions, it made me sort of want to dive into that field. So I really didn't know until I started at a nonprofit just as an admin that this is the field I would want to go into. That's really awesome. And, you know, it really is so rewarding being able to help, like, especially like when they're younger, like the teenagers, like that's really, really hard. Like the teenagers are rough. So being able to like, you know, help them through that because teenagers are navigating so many different things at once. And they're going through all these different transitional periods because, you know, you got to think about it though. Sometimes it's like from middle school to high school because they're in like that preteen. And then it's like from high school to college. So they're the ones who really need like that help and like, you know, being able to talk with someone and have someone help them along the way is just great. Like, I know that's why I'm in the mental health field because 
it's so rewarding. And like, you know, it's that part of me that's like, I wish I had someone there to like help me through and like walk me through all of these things, because maybe I would have like not gotten myself into like some of the bad situations that I did as I was like trying to navigate and deal with them. And I think that the rewarding piece is like such a big aspect. And to a lot of people that I talk to and the different roles that I've been in, in this field, it's rewarding, but it's also like you were saying, just having that person that they could just be able to talk to vent to process. And I think being that person, even starting to normalize it a little bit, I think with COVID happening and everything, it really started to become normalized. But even the teenagers that I meet with now and the parents are trying to set that up, it's really just, okay, we're here to just sort of talk and get to know each other. We can sort of circle back the second or third session just to see if this is for you. And I'm just such a firm believer of, okay, if it's not for them during that time, not to force it because I've seen a lot of kids being forced into therapy and then they just have like that sour taste in their mouth of, nope, this isn't going to happen. And I've met adults that were sharing that experience as well. So just being able to be that person that gives them that option too, is just a really good feeling. Cause then it allowing that transparency and people just seeing that, I think makes them more comfortable in sessions and working together as well. Absolutely. Because I also know a lot of people who are like, no therapy's awful because when they were younger, their parents forced them into it. And it's like, if you try to force anyone to do anything, like, you know, it does leave a sour taste in their mouth. And it's like, well, no. And especially it's hard when you're working with people who are like, you know, under 18 and like if their parents are involved because their parents try to like have such a big part in it. And it's like, you know, and they don't let the teen like speak for themselves. Like the parents, like there's this wrong, there's this wrong, there's this wrong. And, you know, then the teen really does feel like they don't have a voice because like their parent comes in and is like, my child has these issues, you know, and it's really tough, but like to have someone who is like, you know, trying to advocate for them and like giving them that option is like checking in and seeing like, is this working out for you? I think makes a huge difference because it makes the teen feel like, you know, they do have some kind of control because a lot of teenagers feel like I don't have any control of my life. Yes, exactly. And that control piece and just even being able to navigate what we're talking about in sessions. I mean, I know when I did work with teenagers and I was working in a substance use program, we had to do certain activities and certain types of formats of sessions, but it was still, okay, we're going to start with this, but let's check in first. Let's sort of just have have this downtime just to connect, but we do have to go over this worksheet. So being able to give them that freedom a little bit of, okay, where do you want to start type of thing? And really just checking in and treating them as a regular person and not, okay, I have to get this work done. I think that that goes a long way as well too. It absolutely does. So um, how does being a young professional affect you personally and professionally? Um, So it's a little uh, challenging at times. I think in, at least with my own practice, I'm able to know that people are reaching out to me. So they saw my profile. It's been um, good in that aspect to know, all right, cool, for some reason or another, when people see my profile, they either like the way I'm wording it, or if there's like that personal statement on top and something's connecting for them. Um, I think at times though, in different um, roles, when there might've been someone double my age or something like that, that's um, affected me a little bit more differently, just because I remember one person 
fully telling me, I'm just going to look past you out the window. Your voice and everything is helping, but you just remind me too much of like my grandchildren. And at that point, I didn't take that as like an offensive statement. I think they were being very honest and everything, but we worked together to find them a therapist that they could maybe meet that eye contact with and everything like that. So I think it affects me in that way in the professional world of, okay, just making sure and knowing I'm not everyone's fit. I'm not going to work with absolutely every person that reaches out. There's going to be other people that they're able to connect with a little bit more. Um, I think personally, when I started in this field, I think I was like young twenties and seeing a lot of these kids, like you were saying, like teenagers are tough, but then also, you know, hearing a lot of this trauma kids go through and a lot of things that are very, very tough that luckily I was grateful enough not to have to experience. I think sometimes personally, it's hard to leave some of those traumatic stories or events that people are sharing at the office or just at the end of the day and sort of, okay, switch gears, now go home after like an eight hour day and hearing some of these really tough, tough situations that people are going through. Um, so I think that's affecting me personally. I think with starting this practice, it took a lot of time and a lot of effort um, and a lot of hours to set up. So I think personally that sort of cut down the boundaries that I always, always remember practicing of like, okay, turn the laptop off at this time because I would work till eight, nine o'clock at night sometimes just get things going or catch up on notes. So I think a little bit of that, just finding that balance too. For sure. So like, what is it like being like a young business owner? Like, I'm sure it's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. And to be honest, I don't know. I say this very lightheartedly. I don't know what I was thinking because I planned on starting my practice like a month or two before I was getting married. So it was all of that all at once. Um, So if I could get through all of that, I think it was like, okay, I got this. Um, But it was a little scary because it was going from a solid paycheck every single week to knowing I have decent health insurance and that's all taken out. Taxes are taken out. Like there's so many things that I remember when being in an outpatient role or even the last role I was in, I was a supervisor knowing, okay, HR does that, you know, billing department does all the billing stuff and everything. And then taking that on, it was, okay, wow, there's a lot more to it rather than just providing those sessions to these clients. Um, So I think just taking that jump Um, COVID I think helped a lot in that sense because I started last January. So I was just doing virtual for a good six, seven months. So I was able to save up. I was sort of able to feel a little bit more comfortable financially before, okay, and then I'm going to rent office space. I'm going to leave my full-time job. I'm going to just do this full-time. So it was, it was a very emotional roller coaster of, can I do this? Am I okay? Is this going to go through? Is this the right way? And sort of just working with a lot of people that I knew already went through it or people that had done billing in my previous roles that I could reach out to for support on hold a lot of the times with insurance companies (laughs) took a lot of time, but really just sort of finding the groove and, you know, okay, there's one mistake that won't happen again, or wow, this worked this way. Remember that type of thing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, and it, because a lot, I don't think people realize like how much goes into, and especially, you know, those 
thing it's like yes like I'm good at this part like the main thing but then there's all these other little things that come with being a business owner like like you said like you know health insurance is like oh my god now I'm gonna have to go shop around for like my own health insurance or like you know oh my god I need to put aside money like I'm like getting all this income but it's not like I need to put it aside to pay taxes because like I feel that like I do blogging on the side and like you know I'm a virtual assistant and I'm like oh my god I'm always thinking about like oh god gotta remember put that money aside so I can pay my taxes and it's like a lot especially you know because nobody really teaches you these things and like especially when you're young it's like hard because sometimes you do have to learn the hard way and it sucks like you said, like a mistake happens, you're like, okay, well, learn that lesson, not gonna happen again. So I think the biggest thing too for me was financially. I mean, personally, I think I'm a very organized person. But like I said, going from that bi-weekly paycheck to then insurance companies that are really only paying out maybe like once a month, making that adjustment, like you were saying, like, okay, I need to make sure I'm transferring this or I need to make sure I'm doing this. And I think one of the bigger hurdles I've had was with my billing. I think I um, posted on that wellness professional page and everything like that and got that support, but I was looking for help with a biller and stuff like that. And this person, unfortunately, that I worked with was not following through with a lot of stuff. And I would call and ask questions and it just wouldn't get done. And luckily I was able to get out of that contract and switch to someone else. And clean up a lot of messes of not being paid for like months because they weren't doing it correctly or something like that. So that was sort of like a learned experience of like, oh, okay, I can do this billing part by myself, but let me have someone help me with, you know, the ins and outs of insurance that they might know because it's easy to press the button and submit the claims. That's, that's easy. But when it's denied or when something comes up and it doesn't give you like that accepted or it's going through and it's just like, oh no, what did I do wrong? Having that support, having those um, people like I work with someone for supervision twice a month. I work with a biller. So having those people that have been in the field for a while and can help me navigate has been so amazing because I can email them and they can answer a question or posting on the page and asking people if they know what programs I can refer to, or if someone's looking for this in the area or something like that. So really just that community piece has been such an amazing, amazing piece and something that's helped me throughout the whole time. And I feel like there are a lot of people like in the mental health field, like, you know, I know even just with us, people who work with young people, there are so many organizations and like communities that, you know, are supporting each other. So it is really nice to have that support, I'm sure, from people who have been doing it for years and years and years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what do you wish people knew about being young, working in this field? Um, I think, like I said before, just, I want to say like, take it slow. I think, um, you know, I know COVID is such a negative thing that's going on. I think with me sort of only being able to start virtually and have that option and sort of start slow, um, I think that's okay to do. Um, I, when working for a lot of outpatient places or fee for services, it was always, okay, you need to see this amount of clients, this amount of time a week and stuff like that. And I think one thing I would hope people would know is it's okay to sort of work both for a little bit. Cause I think that helps me feel a little bit more comfortable financially and with my skills and getting familiar with my, um, 
electronic health record and everything like that. But I think too, is you had said it as well, is that it's not just seeing the clients. It's a lot of different roles. It's, you know, doing the billing, following up, calling insurance companies, calling parents, scheduling, rescheduling, having emails, returning phone calls. So it does, it does take a lot of, a lot of time. And I think that one thing is, is if you, I maybe want to say like need that break. I think if I know I have like heavier clients that I know will take a little bit more energy from me, I have the ability to not schedule anyone for like an hour or two. Whereas when I worked for a nonprofit, it was, you really have to show your breaks. You have to show when you're taking your lunch and they're looking for that productivity. Um, so as long as I'm comfortable with not seeing as many clients that week and giving myself that downtime or that free time, um, then that's awesome because that's in my schedule, but making sure that I'm not getting too lax with it because then people are bumped out a certain amount of times a week and stuff like that. Um, I think one thing that I've been trying to get used to is having those boundaries and setting that, okay, I'm starting at this time, ending at this time, because it's so easy, at least for me, I struggle with, oh, this person can only do five, five thirty. Let me just work really late this day and then cut my Friday shorter, even though that's sort of not the, not the norm, um, that I usually do. So I think, um, you know, being in a good headspace and knowing like it really is just being able to help the people that are reaching out and sort of whatever works for, for them. I think that would be sort of the, um, thing I wish people knew is that yes, it is time consuming. It is, takes a little bit more than 40 hours a week sometimes and everything like that. But, um, just being able to be your own boss, I think is also really cool and really just exciting. When I tell people, oh yeah, I own my own practice. They're like, wait, what? And I sort of just take it for granted of cool. This is the way that I wanted to move. But when people are just like, oh, oh, you're doing it on your own. Well, wait, where are you? And I think even when people come into the office, they're like, oh, this is such a nice space. And I'm like, thank you. You know, it took a lot of Facebook marketplace searching and everything like that for furniture and getting that set up. So back to your original question, what I wish people knew is that it does take a little bit of time to sort of get to solid ground. And I very critical with myself. So I would just get disappointed or let down sometimes like six months and eight months. And it wasn't, you know, the best schedule routine, or I wasn't finishing notes that day. It was like the day or two after because everything gets caught up. So I think just being comfortable with giving yourself some credit and knowing that things aren't always going to go the way that maybe you would hoped because everything changes or cancellations or, you know, stuff like that. Right. And like, there's always curveballs in like any field, you know, and like you said, cancellations and just kind of, yeah, giving yourself the credit is really important. And I think what you said about like giving your, being able to give yourself that space after really heavy, because some of the things that, you know, people come to you with are heavy and like it's even though it's not you it's like as someone who like really cares about like clients and like you know is there to help people it can be like it's hard not to take it on and like it's hard not to take it home because you know you see these people like weekly or like even if it's bi-weekly or monthly you're still like in the back of your mind thinking about them even when you're not with them so I think definitely like what you said about giving yourself like that space to kind of like, you know, deal with it and give yourself the break after is really important because 
it's, it's a lot. It can take a toll on your own mental health. And I think you, you made me think of one more thing of, you know, what I would want to like tell people or wish people knew is that when I see clients that need a different level of care or a different program might be a little bit more helpful. I think even just really, really, really being confident in the decision that you're making, because there were some parents that I said, you know, your son or daughter should probably maybe do this route instead. And I think one came in particular with substance use. And I'm like, right now, my schedule is very limited. I only have biweekly. This program can help and see your son up to two times a week and can see you as a parent for that support that I cannot offer. And mom was very hesitant to say yes, but I also told her just for best practice, it's I'm going to be doing a disservice with seeing your son or daughter every other week and then only being able to fit you in maybe for a 15 minute phone call every you know two weeks or something because my schedule just wasn't allowing it. And I think just being comfortable and being okay with saying no to certain clients or saying this really isn't the best fit. Here's another person that does have more availability and knowing that if my schedule isn't working for someone, there are tons of other therapists out there that, that can. Um, so I think that would be something else that I would say, just sort of like, I don't want to say go with your gut, but your professional um, instinct, one might say of knowing, okay, is this going to be a good fit for them? Is this going to work and benefit them as a client too? For sure. And that's really important because, you know, a lot of therapists do have things that they like specialize and like, no, and it is really important, like, especially in this field to be aware of like other programs that might be a better fit or other therapists, because like, yeah, you want to be able to help like everyone, like everyone wants to be able to fix everyone's problems. But like, you know, there are just some issues that are like, like that needs specialized help, you know? So I think that is also definitely really important in knowing like where that line is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of the boundaries and sort of practicing that self-care after work and stuff like that too. And just sort of knowing it's okay and not doing a disservice because my biggest thing is just, I wouldn't want a parent to be upset that, you know, I'm not able to see them. And that's where I think the transparency on my end helps out a lot because it's like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is my next two weeks. If you don't want to pull them from school, I really don't have any times after school until like two weeks out, but with everything going on, that might not be the best fit type of thing. For sure. For sure. So, um, do you have any final thoughts? I don't know. I think I said a lot (laughs) today in a good way. Um, No, but I think if anyone is interested in starting their own practice, like I said, I think just sort of take it slow, try and do it part-time just to make sure that it's something that you want to do. I would strongly encourage people to maybe try and do, um, man, I forget what it's called, joining like a private practice with someone instead of maybe doing your own thing first, just to make sure it's what you're expecting. And then ask questions there. That's another role that I did. I started with a practice um, part-time and I think I just did like four or five clients on a Saturday. So it didn't interfere with like my work week and stuff like that. But I think just starting slow, asking tons of questions, reaching out to people, emailing, or just taking notes, figuring out if it's the right field or if it's the right spot, or maybe per diem doing um, private practice work under someone is just 
enough for the moment and then taking that step when when feeling ready for sure yeah I definitely think it's so important to like you know take that time to make sure because it is a lot like and you know doing it under someone else is a lot different than taking it on yourself (laughs) yeah yeah because even like you know startup fees to make an LLC or getting paneled with insurances having a new tax ID I mean these are all things that I sort of knew about And then when I started looking into it more, I'm like, wait, wow, this is going to take me a little bit longer just to get everything situated and set up and everything. So yeah, I know with joining a practice, I think you get set up with a tax ID and they sort of help you do that. So in that time, that's when I was sort of in the back of my mind being like, oh, okay, so this is how you do it. And this is how you go about it. Not knowing, oh, one day I'm just going to do this on my own, but okay, I sort of need to pay attention when I'm doing this stuff to make sure I'm doing it right. But I think yeah, just trying it small before deep diving would be my, my only advice because it, it does get overwhelming, but there are so many people out there that are willing and ready to help and answer any questions. So I think another thing would be, don't be hesitant to reach out and ask. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Nicole, for chatting with me today. I loved everything you had to say and it was like really, really insightful. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in and be sure to like and follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for more pure mental health support, remember to check out our website, www.turningpointct.org. Have a great day, everyone.